Oh, hello, day 36. I think today I'm going to talk about the book that I've been reading these past couple of days, because uh, I got really sucked into it. Like, I was, I don't know, I just, I had been feeling like I need to take a little bit of a breather from some of my, like, spirituality and, like, purpose-driven introspection and reading and materials and, and that fun stuff. And so, like, I was looking at a couple of, uh, of my books, and, like, one of them, I don't know that it would have been so much of a break. Um, I, I didn't choose that book, though, but it was kind of, like, um, a psychological, like, science view on, basically on intuition. They call it something else, but, like, that, maybe they, maybe they do call it intuition there. I don't know. I haven't read it. Um, but... The other book that I was looking at was the fiction book um, that I started reading yesterday. Um, and this book, I just got sucked into it. Like, after recording, I, like, went, like, yesterday, I went back to reading it again and, like, stayed up way too late. Because I was like, you know, I usually get tired when I read. I'm just going to read myself to sleep real quick instead of, like, watching one of my shows or something. And then it's, like, almost morning. So I'm like, all right, well, that didn't work. <laughs> This is not a book that I'm allowed to try to read myself to sleep with. So before I get into this book, and I don't know, I'm going to try to be really careful as I do talk about it because I don't want to spoil it in any way. Um, but I do want to, before I even really talk too much, I want to give you the content warning that the book does feature suicide. Not in some flashy gimmicky way it's it's a very I think it's really well done um and depression uh but and like I don't want that to deter anyone from reading it or looking into it I just don't want anyone to be broadsided by that you know so anywho the book is called The Midnight Library it is by Matt Haig and I'm going to read you the inside of the dusk jacket so that I don't spoil it with my own little quips about it. I'm only about, oh, I guess I'm a little bit over halfway through at this point. Um, let's see. So yeah, dusk jacket says, Between life and death, there is a library. Up until now, Nora Seed's life has been full of misery and regret. She feels she has let everyone down including herself. But things are about to change. When she finds herself in the midnight library, she has a chance to make things right. The books in the midnight library enabled Nora to live as if she had done the things or had done things differently. Each one contains a different life, a possible world in which she made different choices that played out in an infinite number of ways, affecting everyone she knew, as well as many people she never met. With the help of an old friend, she can now undo every decision she regrets as she tries to work out her perfect life. But things aren't always what she imagined they'd be, and soon her choices place the library and herself in extreme danger. Before time runs out, she must answer the ultimate question. What is the best way to live? So that's pretty sweet. 
And I mean, that's basically what I bought the book off of. Okay, no, that's not true. I listened to another podcast in which um, Jamila Jamil, uh, the uh, woman who plays um, Tahani in The Good Place, um, on her podcast, which I believe is called I Weigh, she interviews Matt Haig. So I'm sure if you search um, Jamila Jamil and Matt Haig, you'll find uh, that podcast episode. And that's kind of what sold me on it. Like he was talking about that. And in that, he also talks about his experience with suicide and depression um, and some of his other books too. And so like, this was his, I think most recent release. Um, and it's so good. Like I've been reading it and like, oh my gosh, like there's so much introspection built into it, which I'm not used to getting out of fiction. And it's just like, maybe I've been Maybe I haven't really been immersing myself in the fiction, or maybe the fiction that I had been reading to this point, it's not much, I haven't read fiction in a really long time, um, but maybe the fiction that I had been reading just didn't, it lacked, maybe it lacked the substance that I had been craving, like this book has. I'm gonna, okay, you know what, I'm gonna go check, I took a picture of an excerpt earlier today, and I sent it to Matthew, and... I'm going to go read it really quick to make sure it doesn't have too many spoilers. I don't think it does because I sent it to him, so... But I might read that to you, too, because, like, it's just kind of like a little snapshot of the kind of gems that I'm getting from this book. Okay, so I don't think it's a spoiler. It is something that she learns, so if that's something that you don't want to hear, just do a little quick, little quick skip ahead real quick. Um, I don't think it's a spoiler, though. I just think it's a really interesting, nice passage. So I'm going to switch over to that and read it to you. If one advances confidently, Thoreau had written in Walden, in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life which he has imagined, he will meet with a success unexpected in common hours. He'd also observed that part of this success was the product of being alone. I never found the companion that was so companionable as solitude. And Nora felt similarly in that moment, although she had only been left alone for an hour at this point. She had never experienced this level of solitude before, amid such unpopulated nature. She had thought, in her nocturnal and suicidal hours, that solitude was the problem but that was because it hadn't been true solitude. The lonely mind in the busy city yearns for connection because it thinks human-to-human -human connection is the point of everything. But amid pure nature, or the tonic of wildness, as Thoreau called it, solitude took on a different character. It became in itself a kind of connection, a connection between herself and the world and between her and herself. And I just think that's so cool. That's so beautiful. Like, like I've been thinking about connection lately too. I mean, it's come up recently, this idea of connection and how much we as humans need to feel that connection. And there's there's the connection you can feel from talking to someone, from 
you know, from being face to face in a, in a, in a conversation, even little, little interactions at a grocery store with a stranger can, you know, foster those feelings of connection. And I think especially growing up in these kinds of city, suburby, modern, urban, I guess, worlds, we focus on connection as being an interpersonal thing, person to person. And I don't really see connection that way. I mean, I do see, I see that as a facet of connection that is part of connection. That is one way to connect is to connect with other human beings, but you can also connect with other living things. That's why, that's why people have pets, you know, because pets also build that kind of feeling of, uh, connection. I mean, also oxytocin, but you know, connection. I I think that also only really comes from connection too, anyway. But yeah, so other living things, animals, you can also have connection with animals because that's also like, like, you know, those moments, even when it's a squirrel, just like when you both stop and you're both staring at each other and you're both just like, my attention is on squirrel, squirrel's attention is on me. It's like there's that moment of like, I see you, you see me. And like in that little space, there's a little glimmer of connection too, you know, because it's like you, you realize that you're not the only living thing, that humans aren't the only living thing that can connect to each other. And then from there, you can also go into like plants and other living, living organisms, you know, like plants and trees, they're also living in this world, you know, like, and, and rocks and earth, just nature, just being in nature and realizing like how we as a human race, how we as a human are connected to this earth, to this planet, to the world around us. Or seeing, experiencing a work of art, something that someone created. Like even, like shoot, even something as big as a car, like someone designed this, you know? Like, and yeah, it's very mechanical and feels very, it's, you know, like it, it, I guess this is mass produced. I, I feel like, I feel a greater sense of connection to things that are handcrafted personally. Because there's an energy there because something that's mass produced. Yes, it came from someone had to design it. Yes. So there is that energy there, but it's almost like it's diluted through the process of production. But if you have something that was made by hand, that someone, especially that someone made for you, like, holy cow, like the energy there, the the connection that it's, it's like a tangible physical like manifestation of connection. And that's just so freaking cool. And I love that this book addresses those forms of connection. I mean, he doesn't talk about the, my whole thing about like creative connection, I guess, or, or created connection. Um, 
handcrafted things, I guess. But he, but he does talk about the connection that comes from just existing in nature. And then, of course, the connection also to ourself, to really seeing ourself, to allowing ourself to see and to know and to listen to and to trust ourself. And like that, so that's stuff like that. <laughs> These fun little interpretations, I guess, or just gems. I don't know. I don't know how, to, how else to describe them within this book. I just, it's very quickly becoming one of my favorite books. And I only say one of because I always leave room for the benefit of the doubt. And also for the benefit of my, <laughs> my, um, for the questionable nature of memory, you know? Like, but yeah, this book is freaking great, and I will try to jump on my computer tonight as well to drop a link in the description um, to this book um, called The Midnight Library. Gosh, it's just, it's so cool. I've been so sucked into it, and I've been having to, you know, like, pull myself away from it, and like, like, Alex, we gotta go get food, like, you're hungry. It's, it's been really, really good. Um, and another thing I've kind of noticed about myself with respect to this and with respect to my choosing this book over the more heady, thinky, I mean, this one's still introspective, but like, it's not that scientific, analytical kind of approach, I guess, or even, even the spirituality books that I've been reading, like they're, they're a little bit heady like yeah they're talking about intangible things but it's still very conceptual and thinky um but reading this book has felt a lot like play and that's been really cool and so like I'm thinking maybe I mean yeah the introspection has been good and it's been kind of inspiring in some ways too honestly like it's been It's felt affirmative in some ways, and it's also felt like that, that inspiration, that, that little fire of, like, wanting to do things, you know? It's, it's like it's fanning that, I think, partly through its content and then partly also through this feeling of play that I'm feeling from just reading a book of fiction, you know? Like and and not trying to analyze something or or get to the bottom of of why I'm doing a thing or not doing a thing or 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 trying to figure out a thing that I need to be doing it's just it's just I I want to read this book and it's fun so I'm going to read this book <laughs> anyway I hope you are having fun whatever you're doing I'm grateful for your presence, for your energy, for your um, commitment to yourself. And I hope that whatever you're working on, whatever you're moving through, that you choose to keep going. Mm -hmm.